0: Hello and welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen, and even though I'm battling a cold, I'm here fighting it out and alongside me, return to his normal spot. Is a position up on high. It's Christopher T. Barty. Bardo, how are you, big man? Bloody pleasure to have you back.
1: Thanks, mate. Yeah. Uh, good to be back. Good to be back. Um, big shout out to uh, Spinksy. Thought he was very good. Thought he was very good. Um, I think he's the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer of Two for None. I was going to say. Know, Chris, come, I was going to say. The,
0: bench the 88th
1: minute. Well, yeah. No, look. You know how I feel about Ole Gunnar I Love the guy. Um, <laughs> uh, he was a super sub for sure. I was going to say he was the Stuart McGill of Two for None. Um, Does that have the, the Shane Warne
0: of Two for None? Is that what you're? Are you comparing yourself to Warty right now? Is that where this is going? Ah,
1: oh, far be it from me, Pat. Far <laughs> be it for me to do such a thing. Uh, but if you're making the comparison, um, then why not? Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. All no, right. look. No, look. I think he did a fantastic job. Uh, I, I really appreciate him stepping up at late notice. Um, I was in a deep, deep hole. Uh, not sure how I got there and didn't have any way of getting out. Um, thankfully, uh, passers by took pity on my, on me, found me, and took pity on <laughs> me. Um, and then. Um, took you in out of the cold, Chris. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I woke up in a Buddhist retreat. Uh, oh, wow. And um, I'm, I'm back to full health. So, aside from this pesky laryngitis, Pat, but I think it adds a certain edge, a rustic <laughs> edge to my voice that wasn't there before. <laughs>
0: Well, Chris, it's going to be good to know that both you and I are going to be rusty and croaky on this podcast. Hopefully, it'll give us some real depth, you know. Hopefully, people will go, oh, wow, those croaky boys with their deep voices. That's all I ever wanted to hear in my ear holes.
1: Mm. Well, and you know, I think croakyboys.com is a subscription website. (laughs) Don't Um,
0: don't, don't Google that, folks. Don't (laughs) Don't do it to yourself. Turn your VPN on. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well. Chris, um, mate, big podcast, mm. big podcast, big times. Mm. We have bulletins from, uh, Tom K Hawkey, Chris the Goodman, Goodrick, Jai Singh, and Michael the Stuck Wood. Um, now I think given recent events, mm. aka us pumping the Kiwis, we should probably save the stuck for last. But yep. until then, it's gonna be dealer's choice. Up to you, big man, um, for whose uh, tapes we listen to.
1: Oh, look, I think we've got to come in hot, Pat. We've got to come in hot. We've got to start with Tom Hawkey for me.
0: Ah, oh, great. I was hoping you'd say that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning into the pod for the first time, for the World Cup, Chris and I have been playing a game called Hold Up Hey. We play a bulletin from one of our correspondents scattered around the globe, and when they say something funny, hilarious, or insightful, we can stop them by saying Hold Up Hey. We can stop them at any time to comment, and then we'll roll back into the tape. So that all being the case, Chris, uh, let's jump into some TK Hockey and see what he's got in store.
2: Hi there. Tom K. Hawkey here with another bulletin from a Brit. England headed into this match essentially in knockout mode two games early. They realistically needed to win both their last two group games, then the semis and the final, if they're to be champions. This victory over India was the perfect start to that run, with the batting lineup back to its belligerent best. Batting first suits England, and they seem much freer without the scoreboard pressure on them. The foundation for a big score was set by the reunited openers of Bairstow and Roy, whose names sound rather like a magician's double act. And certainly there was magic on show on the pitch. Bairstow blasted the ball to the boundaries and notched up a Nelson, 111 runs. He batted with fluency, aggression and strength. It was a brilliant innings. Roy ran rampant and showed little sign of discomfort from his earlier injury. However... A bruised arm meant that he conveniently couldn't take the field and was, as is custom, replaced by James Vince. More on that guy later.
0: Hold up, <laughs> eh? <hey. laughs> uh, <laughs> There's been a lot of shade thrown James Vince's way uh, from about 9 out of 10 two for none correspondence. And yeah. I've got to say, I've been really enjoying it. You know, vincey has been copping it from left and right. Um, But what an extraordinary innings there from Jason Roy and Johnny Bairstow as well. Yeah, Um, absolutely. He made a big hundred. Huge, huge huge innings.
1: Um, I mean, ominous signs. You know, Johnny Bairstow, um, I really, you know, obviously laid the platform in 111 of 109 deliveries. And Jason Roy... Uh, coming out and doing what Jason Roy does, and recapturing some of that form that we, you know, that, that you and I have seen, uh, been fortunate enough to see it live and in person, and really, um, uh, you know, a terrific platform. I mean, I think any time you know your opening pair scores 160, uh, you're pretty hard pressed to lose the game from there. It
0: does show how vulnerable they are, though. Butto. the difference between Jason Roy opening the batting and James Vince opening the batting is palpable. That is huge. And I don't think England have the top-order depth they thought they had. Um, additionally, sure, when they put put a score on the board, then they're they're a hell of a side. But chasing, they've been found wanting. Um, and I wonder what their pressure play is like, Chris, is what I wonder.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's true. And look, I think at the end of the day, this appears to me to be a, a, a more well-rounded side. And just going in with a single-recognized spinner in Abdul Rashid. Uh, but it's funny, Pat, when, when you pick batsmen, um, you know, they tend to bat. And when you pick bowlers, they tend to bowl. Uh, and if you're trying to pick everybody to do <laughs> everything, out of here, Chris. it doesn't work out too well. But yeah, I mean... England, we don't really know what to make of them just at the moment, do we?
0: No, it's a bit, it's a bit up in the air. Let's, let's hear some more from TK and see what he's got in his back pocket.
2: England did slow down at one stage, with one 10 over spell yielding just 25 runs and bringing the wickets of Morgan and Bairstow. However, Ben Stokes returned the momentum to England as he smashed a 79 in half as many balls as his 89 took against Australia.
1: Hold up. I just want to make one comparison um, for Ben Stokes uh, at this World Cup. Um, does Ben Stokes remind you of one Lance Kluzner? Uh,
0: it's a bit of a better bowler than Lance Kluzner, I think, Chris, but I like where your head's at. Where did Lance, how did Lance Kluzner appear in your brain? don't
1: know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think... Um, uh, you know, certainly in that 99 World Cup, if you ever get a chance, you need to have a look at the highlights of Lance Klusner's batting performances at the 99 World Cup. I mean, certainly a really capable all-rounder, um, much like Stokes. I, I would say that their bowling is not too far apart. I, I'd be interested in having a look at those those statistics another time. Perhaps uh, we can get um, uh, Chris the Goodman Goodrick's thoughts on, on that. Um, but certainly the lower order, uh, or uh, in in Stokes' case, coming in at six, Um, Their power hitting and really the way in which uh, they can they can really change a game on short notice. And at the end of the day, you know, obviously we've 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 just mentioned about how England's batting order isn't perhaps as long as we think. But it really reminds me also about um, uh, back in the day when people used to talk about, you know, we've just got we've just got five guys out and now Adam Gilchrist is coming to the crease. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stokes has that vibe, doesn't he? Stokes you? has that vibe and, and Joss Butler has that vibe. I mean, if you're thinking... Yeah, for sure. Oh, we've just worked our way to the top six, thank God, and then the team's five down and you've got Stokes and Butler at the crease, your job's yeah. not done. Your
0: job is not done at all. Can I tell you another interesting weakness I've picked up about the England side, Chris, mm. while I'm picking up weaknesses, mm. uh on Morgan, undone by the short ball
1: again. Mm. Which bodes well, Bardo. We do like a short ball. Which bodes ball. well mm. for us. Love a short ball. You know? Um and Love a short ball. Uh, you know it's been as we've said before, it's been a World Cup for uh for fast bowlers. I mean you've only got to look at India's uh, bowling performance here, where I'm sure we'll hear more from Jaising later on. But uh, it's, it's the likes of Shami and Bumrah that are starring again. So, um, Doing the damage. It's been an interesting walk-up, I think.
2: But uh, let's see more from Tom. He proved here that he is adaptable to the situation. And coming in with runs already on the board allowed him to take the attack to the Indian bowlers. He's got 450s in the tournament, bettered only by Virat Kohli. And I know which of the two I'd rather have in my team based on their current form. India started slowly and ended even slower. Three maidens and a wicket from Wokes led to India hitting just 28 in the first power play. From there on in, even when they had set batsmen at the crease, the run rate remained just too far out of touch. Plunkett justified his selection at the cost of Moeen Alley. His middle over bowling is just so useful, and he picked up the wickets of Kohli, Pant and Panja. Two of those were catches taken by none other than James Vince. It turns out he isn't entirely useless – only when he's holding a bat in his hand. <laughs>
1: One gets wicked. Hold up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor old James Vince. Poor Mate, old ja- I hope he wasn't trying
0: to take out a loan for a house or something. Because his credit rating in the UK is going to be through the bloody floor, but Through the floor. He's not going to be able to get a credit card. Um, no one's trusting James Vince with anything these days in the UK. He's right, he's right down. He's right
1: down. I am... Um, uh, do you know who else shares the name James Vince? And that's James Vincent McMorrow, the singer. Um, well, kind of. They share the the same singer name. Of- Not really, but kind of. <laughs> you can't spell James Vincent McMorrow without James Vince. Um, I don't really have a point. I just want to point that out.
0: I know... I know who I'd want to go and apply for a home loan for me in the the Bank of Scotland, though, right now, and it would be James Vincent McMorrow. Yeah. I wouldn't be sending James Vince down there, let me tell you. It's good to know that he's got a nice pair of hands, though. He can catch a ball even if he
1: can't hit one. So that's, that well, that's swings and roundabouts. It's always good. Um, look, <laughs> uh, the other point Tom raised there, which I think is very valid, is the performances of, uh, of Liam Plunkett. Um, yep, yep, yep. I think sometimes I'm, I could be wrong, but I think sometimes I'm aligned by the English uh, English supporters. Um, unjustly so, because, um, critical game and um, critical critical moment from the thirty-four-year-old, um, in in I think his eighty-sixth uh, ODI, um, but three more critical wickets you couldn't you couldn't hope to come by, in in the form of um, Kohli Pant and Pandya. Kohli Pant yeah. Pandya. Um, now that is a law firm, <laughs> isn't it? Kohli <Coley>, Pant Pandya. <laughs>
0: Attorneys. it's hundred percent a law from Chris. Hundred percent, mate. Did you see the article I posted you saying that there's this conspiracy theory that the Indians threw this game?
1: Uh, I, 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 I don't, you know, I don't read Pat, but um, <laughs> I only do, do the it's
0: conspiracy theory, Chris, yeah. that the Indians threw this game. That um, Donny especially was not chasing this run rate towards the end. That, England, that india were intentionally losing to keep pakistan out of the top floor
1: mm. intrigue mystery yeah, and intrigue. i hope intrigue. not i wouldn't have thought
0: so i uh, no, i wouldn't have thought so either um but waka Yunus came out just like throwing punches throwing media release punches Yeah, oh, i did see that um, yeah
1: yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah. loved it loved it he was slinging them we are hard, you throwing down tweets like we used to throw down um, fastballs. But uh, just back on, on Plunkett for a moment, really interesting, uh, I, I think it's a really interesting proposition um, moving forward, and particularly as we um, move forward towards the back end of the tournament. Do you think Pat, this is England's best bowling attack, or do you think the second spinner with Ali will come back into the, uh, into the lineup?
0: I would be very surprised if they changed it from here. Given, given who they just bowled out, Butto, um, I would be very, very surprised by that. I think that Plunkett offers a lot. I don't think Moen's been that good with the ball or with the bat. Mm, no. So, I don't think he's doing enough to get into the side. I mean, Plunkett bowls himself 10 overs. He gets three for 55. Um you, the, bowling primarily in those middle overs. I mean no, you can't ask for much more than that really, can you?
1: Do you know, Against India. Do you know what I've noticed though? You saw you talk about Moeen not playing particularly well. So um I have I have some English friends and um and when I asked them and I said, listen fellas, what is it that you know Moeen Ali's bringing to the table because he's so highly rated, but we haven't seen a lot of, him, a lot of his best stuff lately. Uh, and they sort of said, well, he he kind of is okay. He do, he kind of does all three aspects of the game more okay than anybody else. And it just got me thinking, Pat. It just got me thinking. <laughs> what did it get you thinking, Chris? Well, the um, the seeds of self doubt of that sow huh. the English rose um, huh. have been planted. I think they've been planted. Um, because... I would love you to elaborate, buddy Well, you know, one of the things I mentioned, uh, uh, you know, prior to the World Cup starting, Pat, was that um, two things would happen without with absolute certainty. One, it's a World Cup and it's South Africa. So, they're like two positively charged ions. They will repel each yes, other. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, and that's happened.
0: Two, Stewart Island has beautiful lamb and should be eaten at all times of year. Three. Three. Uh, and
1: then... <laughs> And I just think, you know, once the uh, once the English uh, attention turns inward, uh, you know, no one does a better job of beating themselves up than uh, than than the English pundits. It's true. And I just true, wonder. It's true, it's true. I just wonder if uh, if the seeds of doubt have been sown, um, uh, and will lead to an English rose that wilts rather than blossoms. <sighs> oh. But I love that image. Let's hear some
2: more from TK. Plunkett's wickets ensured India couldn't push for victory, especially given Dhoni's curiously slow approach in the final few overs. The internet is awash with conspiracy theories from Pakistan fans and even their former captain, Waqar Yunus, accusing India of throwing the game to ensure they got an easier route to the final and also closing the door on Pakistan. It's all wonderfully bonkers. But hey, that's cricket for you. This wasn't quite vintage England, but it was close. Sure, there were a few more shelled catches, and Wood's form of the ball seems to have taken a turn for the worse, but the stylish batting display more than made up for any shortcomings. Given that Australia are odds-on to win their final game against the tournament minnows of South Africa, they're going to finish top, with India and England then occupying second and third place. This match was therefore a preview of a likely semi-final matchup set to be played on the same ground. All that all depends, of course, on England besting New Zealand on Wednesday. However, even if they play 80% as good as they did here, the victory will be England.
0: Thank you, TK, for another excellent bulletin from a Brit. Um, Tom Hawkey has been in the reddest of hot form. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's been doing some really, really great work. So thank you again, Tom. Uh, Awesome, awesome stuff. It's going to be, yeah, look, listen, I think... England on their day can take any side. You know, if they can beat India, they can beat anyone. Yep. But they are starting to look a bit like Pakistan themselves where you just don't know which England side's going to turn up. Um, I think you're right about pressure too, Bardo. I don't think they're handling the pressure cooker of these situations well. Um, and and you know, I'll be if like I'm sure they will make it through to the next round and what happens from there is really anybody's guess. Um
1: yeah, look, I, I think I think you'll find that they make the semi-finals. I don't. Um, I, I think they'll they'll uh, escape. Um, you know, navigate that minefield. Um, although, wouldn't it be just an absolute travesty, a hilarious travesty, um, a comic tragedy, Pat? A comic tragedy, a great comic <laughs> tragedy. Um, uh, if if England were to miss. The semis, uh, of course, their final group game coming up against New Zealand. Not, uh, not that simple. Not that simple. Not a catwalk. It's not like playing no. Afghanistan. No, it is. that's all that's well and good.
0: Game. Even the one all today, all well and good to beat I mean, up on
1: Afghanistan. But uh, in, you know, India
0: have Bangladesh today, and Bangladesh could the Bangladesh, the Tigers could well push them right to the edge. Mm. If the Tigers are on, if Shakib Al Hassan decides to turn up and do his thing, I mean, India are currently two for 227 in the 37th over. So,
1: I mean, it's not looking great for the Bangladesh, <laughs> but you never know But uh, Yeah, uh, India are <laughs> cruising. But um, look, not simple. <laughs> not simple, is it? Two for two, two seven is pretty
0: pretty big. All right, mate. Um, let's let's move it on. Uh, thanks again, to TK, for that for that excellent work. Uh, who would you like to hear from? We've got Jai Singh, we've got Chris the Goodman Goodrick, and we've got Michael the Stuck Wood.
1: Oh, uh, I'd love to. i from Jai actually. We need some. We need to inject some quality into the podcast, don't we? And you always oh, get What are you saying about joy, Tom Hawkey? Always get yeah, that. Joy. All
0: right. Let's hear what Mister Singh has to say for himself. Before we start, I'm going to make an early prediction that Jai is going to talk about India's number four position, oh, and he's not going to be happy yeah. about it. That's a dollar. That's a yeah, dollar yeah, yeah, one yeah.
1: at sports pet there, Pat. Uh, <laughs> the bookies have closed the market on that one. No doubt. <laughs> Do you have any
0: early bets for Jai Singh's Singh's tape?
1: Uh, Neither of
0: us have listened to it, by the way, ladies and gents. This is a raw listen for us. We don't know what's going to happen here. But I'm just putting a bet on down there on on Jai being upset about the number four position. Yeah, no, number four position is strong.
1: I think um, there'll be some form of statistic statistic, um, uh, that we haven't heard of uh, before. Okay, okay. All right, here we go.
3: I've said for a while that this World Cup for India is an exercise in papering over the cracks. Against the West Indies, we saw how well this can work against a team that lacks discipline and match awareness. Against England, however, we saw how badly it can come unstuck. India won the toss against West Indies, and Virat Kohli's 72 of 82 kept them afloat, but hardly dominating at 180 for 5 in the 39th over. Hardik Pandya provided some momentum with 46 from 38, without ever looking at his belligerent best, but they went into the final over at 250 for 7, 252 for 7, with Mahendra Singh Dhoni having laboured to 40 from 55 with just two boundaries. At this point, O'Shane Thomas charged off into left field and decided to bowl short. 16 runs later, Dhoni ended on 56 from 61, which looks far better on the scorecard than his innings did in real life. 268 for 7 was a decent score, and it looked far more than that when West Indies faced off against Mohammed Shami and Jasprit Bumrah breathing fire. West Indies were all at sea against India's hostile quicks is not a sentence that any time travelers from the 1970s would be able to get their heads around. Shami ended with four for 16 from 6.2 overs, Bumrah two for nine from six overs. The spinners kept things tight, and India's margin of victory was a comprehensive 125 runs. On paper, it looked like a corner had been turned. However, there were some warnings that this was just an optical illusion. India's victory against West Indies had relied on Kohli and a bit of luck, Bat, and their outstanding new ball pair. His strength in bowling, however, came at the cost of weakening the batting further. In order to accommodate four specialist bowlers, India had Mohamed Shami batting at eight. If you wandered into the number eights club room at this World Cup and bumped into Chris Works, Carlos Brathwaite, Shadab Khan, Pat Cummins, Mitchell Santner and Desiree Pereira, You'd be wondering what the hell Mohammed Shami is doing skulking in the corner. India really were putting all their eggs in one basket against England. Those chickens came home to roost. Please excuse my mixed metaphors. You're lucky I've even turned up after such a demoralising performance last night. I Hold that first. I
1: Shami. just like to point out we're lucky every day that Jai Singh turns up. Um, we are.
0: We are. I think that often. I think that often indeed. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. <laughs> and look, just uh, as a point of reference there for Mohammed Shami. Uh, and his batting. I mean we often talk we often talk about second in his shummy and his uh his bowling. Um Gio makes a decent point here about Shami batting eight. Um his What is he average but His ODI uh, batting average is uh seven point seven six. Ooh uh, um Ooh. fairly rough. Ooh. With a with a tough <laughs> that's, score of twenty five. Yeah. So not good, not not great. Um, That's that's bad. Test figures. That's really bad. And then you sort of think, oh well, maybe he's coming down the maybe he's coming down the order a bit. You know, he's he's flailing his bat, searching quick runs. Maybe that's what's happening here. It's not what's happening here. Um, In Test match cricket, his figures don't improve much more with an average of eleven, and first class cricket, he has an average of eleven point eight. So, yeah, you Chris, some
0: wonderful criticators out there in the world average 11. Um, Glenn McGrath, uh, Patrick Cullen, (laughs) you know, just some real. Do
1: you average 11?
0: (laughs) Well, my top score is 14, so maybe not quite 11. I
1: was going to say, that's about eight more runs than I thought. Um... (laughs) Yeah.
0: Look, all I'm saying you, is let's not go let's not go throwing dispersions. No, I will admit it is it is a bit of a low batting average for a bloke coming in at eight. Is it's, in, in international? Career.
1: Yeah, no, it's pretty low. Um, pretty pretty low. The other thing the other thing, Jai raises there, Pat, is he says, look, it'd be for for a spectator coming from the 1970s to uh, you know, um, hear that India's pace attack is rattling. Um, uh, the windies. The windies. My question is, um, where are you getting these people from the 1970s from Jai and when did you invent time travel? Um,
0: Mate, I would not put it past him. Look, there is some- I really would not. There are
1: some strange things happening at this World Cup. I mean, um, all of a sudden, people are playing guitars on cricket bats. There's time travel. We haven't-
0: Have we talked about that? Have we talked about Bat Guy? Have I said how much I love Bat Guy? I love Cricket Bat Guy. Don't we all? I think he's the- it's such an obscure, weird English thing to do, and I am here for it, Bardo. Oh, I love guitar. I love cricket. It's a perfect combination for me. What
1: I'm wondering now, Pat, now that Jai's brought up time travel, is... <laughs> oh, boy. Has some has Jai, or someone else, uh-huh. gone back in time, disrupted the space-time continuum, and we're now oh. living in a reality in which guitars are no longer made out of hollowed wood... Um, but instead, made out of cricket bats. I'm just, wow. I'm just wondering. Maybe someone sneezed on Keith Wood or something. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? It would make ten CCs. I don't like cricket. Have a lot more oh. resonance in the sense that their guitars were taken from them. Um, and replaced with, with with cricket bats, Bardo. yeah, and would give that a whole. That would give that a whole new meaning. Good you song. Know? It'd be like a dark reboot.
1: They, surely they've whipped that out now at this World Cup. They must have, must have.
0: Oh, c- certainly, certainly. It's probably one of those like three AM games that we weren't able to watch. Let's hear some more from Jai. England won the toss
3: and batted first, and Shami and Boomer kept things quiet early on. But the floodgates opened when spin was introduced in the sixth over. England had worked out the Indian wrist spinners on India's last tour. And a 59 meter boundary on one side meant there was nowhere to hide. England brought back a half-fit Jason Roy in place of comedy batsman James Vince and India gave him a life on 21 by not reviewing a glove behind. From then on it was all downhill. Shami and Boomer kept England to 337 for seven when they had been on course for 400 at 200 for one after 30. Shami got the wickets with an expensive for, but Boomer was outstanding with one for 44 from 10 on a day when the rest of the attack went for 7.225 and over. Gudeep Yadav and Yuzvenja Jahal were toothless and profligate, combining for 1 for 160 at 8 and over. Hold up. But they had
0: to Have you ever heard anybody use this word profligate in a sentence before in your life? Honest answer.
3: It's got too many syllables for
1: me, mate.
0: <laughs> Jai adds a real degree of class and intelligence so to this podcast. Class. I'm just saying.
1: Yep, so much class. Um, he profligates class. Profligate, um,
0: Chris. He profligates it. Did I say that right? Did I use that in the
1: sentence
0: correctly? It's profligatory.
1: Profligatory, yep. Um, I love to profligate profiteroles.
0: Now, Chris, this is a family podcast, (laughs) so you just take it easy on that sentence, pal.
1: I don't know. What does it even mean? I'm learning something, everybody, episode, Pat. I'm oh, man, you got some
0: geography, you know. You got some, you got some uh, landmass. You got some population, and now we got some uh, language and vocabulary from Jai. Let's keep on keeping on.
3: But they had to bowl their full quota because the alternatives would have been even more of a feast for England. Virat Kohli laid some blame on the short boundary, but that was known before the match, and England managed to deal with it. India doesn't have England's depth of all-round talent, so they couldn't play five fast bowlers without grievously weakening the batting. I really didn't want to see Mohamed Shami batting at 7. India started slowly because Rahul was out early, and Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli's partnership would decide the course of the match. They had just about got themselves a half chance of winning when Kohli was dismissed after his fifth half century in a row. A measure of his performance over the past two years is that this is being seen as a bit of a dip in form because it's a whole 8 innings since his last 100. Roy Sharma made up for a slow start to register a near run of all 100 But even some acceleration from Shabhant, playing in place of the injured Vijay Shankar, and Hardik Pandya, left India needing 71 from the final 5 overs, with the last recognised pair at the crease. MS Dhoni and Kedar Jalav potted around for a further 38 runs, in a display that has come in for serious internet criticism. I don't subscribe to this, however, because I think 14 and over in an innings that hadn't even managed to run a ball to that point was asking a bit much. With such a long tail, one more wicket would probably have hurried the innings into a free-fall. With loss assured and net run rate a crucial factor in escaping the mid-table logjam to qualify for the semis, the most important thing to do was bat out the overs. And that really sums up India in this tournament so far. Their recent matches have been exercises in damage limitation. With a weak middle order and a big Shikar Dhawan-shaped hole at the top, India rely on and Virat Kohli to stitch together a big enough partnership to set up a competitive score. Then it's up to Hardik Pandya to extend it with a late cameo before Shami and Bhumra stop the opposition getting too close. There is no plan B. If Rohit and Goli's partnership is cut short, as against England, or if Shami and Bhumra have an off day, which hasn't happened yet but may well one day, or if the opposition is just a bit too strong or a bit too disciplined, there's no way back. India can move the deck chairs around, like bringing Rishabh Pant in to provide a bit more firepower in the middle order, But there isn't a lot they can do to keep momentum into this campaign. It all just comes down to whether their five key players keep playing out of their skins and anything meaningful from the others is a bit of a bonus.
0: Well, well, a bit of doom and gloom there from Jai Singh. Thank you, Jai, for an excellent bulletin, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, Again, he's been doing some wonderful work as well. But um, India, maybe not the powerhouse that we believe them to be.
1: Oh, I still think they're the tournament favourites. Um, maybe not in the best form of the, of the top four at the moment, but um, for me, I still think they have the most firepower. Um,
0: Do you know what, mate? It's again, it's about depth. You know, England lose Jason Roy and struggle at the top real hard with with James, the uh, the slippery boy, the uh, stroll back to the Pavilion, Vince. And and India are in a similar spot. You know, Shikha Darwin leaves a big Shikha Darwin-shaped hole and they're having to shuffle stuff around to make it work. Yeah. I mean, Australia's probably not in too much of a dissimilar position. Um, you know, when we lost the Stoin for a little while, we did look significantly mm. weaker. Um, so it, it, that's kind of interesting, Chris, isn't it? Like,
1: Well, I think there's two points. Any po- one of
0: these top four sides with injury could be could be in the poop.
1: Yeah, there's probably two points to make here with India. Um, I think first of all, if you if you cast your mind back to the series that Australia played in India, India and recovered from two 0 down to win the series three two, um, India was still at that time tinkering with the lineup and trying to find the perfect combination um, to um, to meet their needs, and and to a certain extent they still are. You, you know, um, with one game left in the, of the pool games to go. And, um, you know, which, uh, you know, obviously they're in, in, the, in the middle of, I think they may be in the middle of that with Bangladesh at the moment. Uh, and, are, um, yeah. uh, and then obviously, you know, the semis and, and, and if they get through that, it'll be the final. It's, uh, you would have hoped that they, from their perspective, that they would have maybe sorted that out by now. Um, mm. I think a couple of interesting things as well. So Rohit Sharma, first and foremost, as we speak at the moment, is leading the run scoring tally for individual batsmen um, at the tournament. So, so that's something um, you know, which which I think we'll reflect back on his performances. Um, you know, particularly early, some really incredible innings there. Um, and also, I think you know, I mean, Donny, um, you know, as we as we've mentioned, um, you know, fifty six. Uh, off sixty one. Um, uh, look the chat about uh, the chat about you know tanking and all that sort of thing. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, we know that Donny's a master craftsman and and loves to play the in the short. It's funny in the short form of the game. Donny loves to play the long game, if that makes sense. And um, I think Chai's point about India batting out the overs is a is a really interesting one and something just kind of. ...went ping in my brain where I sort of thought, hmm, seeing the big picture here. He's prepared to take the short-term loss uh, for the big-term victory, for the long-term victory. Uh, uh, lose the battle, but win the war. And that's very much the way he's operated throughout his career. Mm. So I wonder if Donny's going to be smarter than us all. Um, only time will tell.
0: Well, Chris, I wouldn't be surprised, is what I will say. I, w- I would not be surprised... Um, hey listen Bardo we're going to do Chris the Goodman Goodrick because we've got to save wood till last Mm. Um, and we're going to talk about South Africa and I'm personally excited about this because I think we're going to get Chris returning to his bombastic ways I think he's going to be a happy fella I think there's going to be a bit of joy in his life Um, and I'm excited about it I'm here for it All right. who knows what song we'll get too Mm. Um, and we've got to commend Chris here Uh, his, his tape last week was so hilarious i nearly fell off my chair his uh opening by eating that st- uh, Stewart island lamb was very 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 funny it was very good um Do
1: you know what, it reminded me time of uh, pat of that time that you and i went and saw i feel like it was borat at the cinemas and um <laughs> oh, yeah. and i laughed so hard that i tackled you off the your, your chair Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that scene where he brings out the poo in the sock. I just, I died. You
0: did, you did. Damn. I think you actually tackled my popcorn to the ground. <laughs> yeah, I have a memory of, yeah. a memory of losing that. Such
1: was the effect of Chris the Goodman Goodrick. So I can't wait to get stuck in. <laughs> Let's hear what he's got to say.
4: Bola Bola, coming at you from the small island nation of Fiji. Fiji is not in this Cricket World Cup, but then again, nor have South Africa really been either. Fiji is bigger in size and population to that of New Zealand's Stuart Island. South Africa bagged its second World Cup win with a dominant performance over Sri Lanka. Hold up.
0: have you felt like your geography has improved due to the uh, last two episodes of this podcast?
1: Oh, 100%. (laughs) Literally, new parts of the world are opening themselves up to me and then closing themselves off because I've inadvertently insulted them in the space of 30 seconds of finding out of their existence. Um, But I think... Some would say... If there's a real star, if there's a star of this World Cup, if there's a star of this World Cup, it's the people of Stewart Island. Um, Yeah, it's true. You know, I, I, I would maybe visit there one day. Um, and I think we all should. Oh, that's, what, that's what we need to do. That's what we... Right, right, right. Team right. trip. Team trip. Team trip. We all got to go. Trip. Pay homage. Pay homage to the great island of Stewart Island because they have given us so much over the past two weeks. It's only fair that we give something back. Don't give something back.
0: Listen, uh, Boland Branch, Casper uh, Mattresses, um, and anybody else who advertises on podcasts a lot, give us a bell. Um, we'll give you some ad time. You give us some money and uh, we'll take the entire two-for-none correspondence team to Stewart Island um, for a lamb pie and a sit-down. Uh, I think that could be a beautiful time, Chris. I think that could be a really great reward for everybody. Um, Positive. I'm, I'm, to... I'm,
1: I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. I know I know Chris Goodrick's buzzing. Um, yeah. Uh, I just... Uh, I, I I picture Michael Wood sit, sitting in a corner with furrowed brow. But, oh. you know, what's new... Um, <laughs> I'll get, I, got, I have more thoughts on that later, but let's get back to Chris.
4: It was a performance Proteus fans have been wanting this World Cup, albeit a little too late. South Africa had the perfect start to the game, with KG Rabada charging in to have Kuratani Kurath, caught in the slips off the very first ball of the game. However, the Lankans remained positive and were, stick, uh, and were striking the ball to all corners of the ground. However, in the ninth over, Fernando lashed at one too many and was caught out leaving the Sri Lankans at 67 for two. Wickets continued to fall through the innings, with Dwayne Pretorius bowling superbly through the middle of the innings. It was a much imp- improved performance by the Proteus in the field and with the ball. And the Sri Lankans were skittled out for just 203 runs. De Kock perished early, but it was the fantastic partnership of Amla and Faptou Plessis that took the game away from the Sri Lankans. That's right, boys. You heard me correctly, Patrick. The smoke is coming out the harbour because the Amla ship is charging in into Pegas- Pegasus Port, located on the small island of Stewart Island, with a beautifully crafted 80 runs. <laughs> Faf led the charge with an oh,
0: no. 96- I feel we need 96... Uh, I feel we need to explain that joke from Chris there. Um, you know, a little while ago, he said that the ship was coming into town... And then uh, following an AMLA failure in that game, we all started posting Titanic memes. <laughs> mm.
1: Mm. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I believe Tom Hawkey might have even started that. It was funny, it was good, it was, quite, it was a really yeah, good vibe. Yeah,
1: and yeah, we couldn't give a ship. Um Thank you for hitting the P there,
0: Chris. I was going to have to go back and beat that, and you did a really good job, so I really You're welcome. appreciate yep, it. Yep. Uh, um, are you important. nice to see Hashimamler
1: back to his best, though? I think we um, all are. We I mean, all He's known. been he's such a great cricketer for so long. Yeah, he's a great cricketer. He really is. Still, he's really still vital to this uh to South African side. And, yeah, look, as Chris said, you know, we've been waiting a little bit for... for amla and to, to a little to bit turn Chris, up.
0: a little bit do you want to do you want to refine that
1: a uh, little uh, bit uh, we've been waiting a lot some would we've say been waiting, been yeah, waiting a lot. we've been waiting really great anticipation Bated breath um, In great anticipation That's great. Uh, that's that's how you know we've been waiting like he's got a concert going on and there's <laughs> tickets for sale and do you know what? We 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 camped out. We camped out is what I'm saying. We camped, we camped, out. camped out for the Hashim Amla show to get tickets to the Hashim Amla show. Um, uh-huh. it, it was and it was weird because it took a bloody long time for us to get our tickets to actually for the show and for the show uh-huh. to start. But yeah. I don't know why we lined up because nobody else was lining up.
0: Do you know what, Chris? Uh, waiting for Hashim Hashimabla to get a score is like going to a Guns N' Roses concert in 2019. Um, you know that Axl Rose is going to keep you waiting in the snow for three and a half hours, and you know that when the concert starts, it's mostly going to be Chinese Democracy. Um, but there are going to be a couple of good solos in there, and if you're very lucky, somebody might play um, Sweet Child of Mine. And I believe this innings was exactly that. It may have even been welcome to the jungle. Yeah, um, yeah. it was. A, it was a really good time. Look,
1: look to give him to give to, to give Hashim his due. Um, he has been a. T- I, I feel a bit. I feel a bit mean. Um, you know, about us us giving Hashim Amla. Like <laughs> Is she walking it back? Um, you know, because um, 124 mat 124 Test matches, an average of 46.63. best score, highest score yeah, right. pad of 311 not out um well. 181 one day internationals at a high score of 159 a handsome yeah. average of 49 and a half if you don't mind um yeah he's no mind so you can see i mean you can see why we were waiting for the good ship amla to um to, well. to dock um but uh, unfortunately for south africa it just it, it's uh, it's come uh, after they were uh, knocked out of uh, out of contention so better late than never i suppose
0: you know Back in 1992, um, Guns N' Roses won five uh, American Music Awards, Chris, mm. uh, for Sweet Child of Mine, Heavy Rock artist, um, and, and a bunch of others, MTV Music Awards, so forth and so on, but um, nothing so much recently, you yeah. uh, yeah. so, know, so I'm not sure if that's where the comparison starts and ends, I just wanted to look up some Guns N' Roses, and I've done that now. Sure, <laughs>
1: sure. I'm pretty confident Axel Rose um, fronted ACDC recently after Brian Johnson lost his hearing. I
0: believe he mm. did.
1: I believe he did. I, I think that's 100% accurate. So my question um, is, also: when Hashim Amla loses his hearing, who's going to open the batting for South Africa?
0: Well, well,
1: this is great. This is a, this is the question of our time, Bardo.
4: Faf led the charge with an intent for 96 runs, not out of 103 balls, to guide the proteas, a great victory. Next up is Stryer. In the penultimate game of the the group stages the Australian team have been back to their bullish self. Like a three-eyed wombat making its way across across Mount Kosciuszko, they have had one eye on their batting, one eye on their bowling and one eye on David Warner. Let's hope the carpentry tool bag stays well out of reach well,
0: come, that's on, come on, mate. Well, come on. Do,
4: well,
1: come on. Come on. Uh, I
0: didn't say hold up there, but I'm just come on.
4: I, I, I
1: would think maybe Dave might give South Africa a loan of his uh, sandpaper, such as been their form of like, you know, they, uh, <laughs> bring it to the game. I mean, I can understand. I can understand, Pat, when, um, you know, when the schedulers, the English schedulers... Um, uh put uh south africa and australia as the final fixture of the group game i mean looking at it you'd sort of say well you know maybe they're fighting each other for a spot in the semi-finals or maybe maybe they're jostling for position or maybe these are two teams that you think might play off the final and this is kind of an interesting um uh, prequel if you like um totally understandable totally understandable. What they didn't count on, Pat, was the two positively charged ions. They didn't count on that. They didn't count on that. Um, and so really what we have here is a dead rubber. Oof. It's a dead rubber. But, and look, we'll talk, more, we'll talk more later on. I thought Chris might bring up the sandpaper <coughs> uh, issue. And well, he might. Well, he might. That was not a good thing that happened. We're all really sad about that. That was a bad thing. It was really bad It was a really bad thing. But, you know i mean we did struggle a little bit against the uh, swinging ball of new zealand didn't we what what would be really helpful i would say to face more swinging balls and what makes a ball swing pat sandpaper
0: shining it chris uh, well let's let's oh god i'm getting away from sandpapers when i'm doing it I'm um, i'm i'm getting it out of here let's listen to more
4: when these two great nations clash in what is hoped to be an enthralling game a win against table-topping Australia won't bring us into the semi-finals, but it but it will make a Protea fan proud of our team in what has been a, a forgettable World Cup for South Africa. As I sit here on the small island nation of Fiji, coconut in one hand, beer in the other, hoping not to choke on a succulent piece of coconut, as the sun sets behind me, I say, "Good luck, South Africa. Be good. Be brave. Be positive. Be bullish." and be better than Strayer. All right, lads. I'm going to continue drinking out this coconut. Well, see you later. What a
0: beautiful image to leave us with Chris Goodrick just laid back with a coconut in his hand just uh, watching the sun go down in Fiji.
1: Yep. No, look, and well, he might go on holiday. He deserves it. Um, It's been a tough couple of weeks for Chris Goodrick and for all South African fans, but he's fronted up every bloody time um, he has he hasn't six he? of the best He hasn't minutes, missed a pod. Uh, and, um, yep. and, and we've been pleased to have him. So he deserves his holiday in Fiji. I hope he gets a bit of respite, 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 uh, and, uh, and and um, comes back uh, bigger and better uh, for the next time South, uh, South Africa make an appearance on the Two for None podcast.
0: Couldn't agree more, I Couldn't agree more. Um, let's dive into our win. Shall we, Chris? Let's dive into our win via the medium of Michael Wood's sadness. Um, Michael Wood, of course, our Kiwi correspondent. Uh, let's pull him up here and see what he's got to say for himself. See how he uh, takes in that most recent game against the Aussies. I don't think he's going to be happy about it, buto.
5: If I'm mm. uh, if I was a betting mm. man, I'd be putting those at a dollar ten. Let's give him a crack. Yes, yes, yes. It's been a tough week for the Black Caps and their fans. My prediction may have been a little off as we lost to Pakistan. They beat us with only five balls to spare in what was a must-win game for them to keep their semi-finals hopes alive. What incredible support they had. The crowd was a sea of green. This was the first game that New Zealand didn't really fire in the bowling department. After the game, coach Gary Stead admitted that he should have played Ish Sodhi and realised this in the first over of the game when he saw it was slow track and spinning. He wasn't given the correct advice. Or was this just an excuse? The New Zealand team have loved playing the same side and I can't help but think that if Sodi had been in there since the beginning, he would have been playing. Stead was just looking for a very good reason to switch him out with Matt Henry. I do love a conspiracy and would like to hear what these advisers actually said to Gary. Hmm... Thanks to Nisham and to Grantholm's partnership, that kept us in the game, and also showed that the middle order can perform with the bat, we don't always have to rely on Taylor and Williamson up the top. I say up the top because they are basically our opening pair. Guptal out for five, and old mate Munro out for 12. Good on him for making it to double digits though. Williamson did try and get some use out of him, and got him to roll his arm over, looking for anyone who could get any rotations on the ball. Munro, 0 for 9, off 1. Then came Australia, and they took us to the cleaners. And for so much of the game, I didn't think that was the likely outcome. In the first innings, when Australia were 92 for 5, I was thinking, yeah, we can absolutely do this, and we probably should have done it. Williamson was cautious, not using striped bowlers at this point, saving them for later, which meant a nice little knock from Alex Carey and Usman Khawaja helping them get over 200. Don't be passive, Kane. Kane them, it's your name. Break the partnership. If they're eight down at 42 overs, Nisham and de Grondholm will help clean them up. You don't need Bolt to do that. Although it was so beautiful watching that hat trick from Bolte. Three stunning Yorkers giving Stark a bit of a taste as to what it's like around the toes. Also
0: Hold up. There were three-
5: um. Yeah, listen, great
0: bowling there. Really, really, really good bowling from Bolt. Yeah. But didn't you think it was weird that they opened with Colin at the Big House de Gronholm? Like, I thought that was really strange. The Big I mean, House? Mate, don't get me wrong. The Big House. Um, I mean, we love the Big House in this podcast. We're big fans yeah. of the Big House. But Bardo, he bowls 125-kilometer outswingers. Uh, He's not going to cause Warner and Finch that many troubles. I'm sorry
1: to say yeah. it. Yeah. It might actually be big man now that I'm looking at it. I think H-O-M-E is man in French. I think it's big man. Colin the big man. But I'll tell you what, um, he has the best name in world cricket, that's for sure. Uh, I think <laughs> it was unusual um, simply because Lockie Ferguson's been outstanding. Um, this He's got a great mo too. Great, great moustache. Mo, great moe. Um, and look, he bowled really well. You know, two for 49, obviously. Uh, and uh, just some, um, yeah, it was an interesting choice, wasn't it? But look, at the end of the day... Um, Really, New Zealand got off to, I mean, a, to, be New fair, got to a fiery start. To be, um, you know, at any time, I think you have Australia five for ninety-two. Um, yeah, r- particularly with this, particularly with the Australian batting lineup as it sits at the moment. You know, I would I would have thought that five for nine for ni- five for ninety-two. Anything beyond two hundred is, you know, it's too many. You know, uh, so I think um, uh, Stuck raises a good point there um, with with uh, Williamson's tactics. One thing I did think about Kane Williamson um, whilst watching the telecast, I've never like looked at his, you know, like physical features that much. You know, I mean, he's a good bat. Yeah, uh-huh. because he's, he's under the helmet, right? You see him most of the time, he's under the helmet. Yeah, yeah. But um, he looks like a guy that I would call if I'm having trouble installing Adobe Acrobat. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Are you saying that Kane Williamson looks
1: like tech support? I'm just saying I think he guest starred on an episode of the IT Crowd.
0: <laughs> you know
1: what I will say about Kane
0: Williamson? Great beard, great beard, really, really, really great good. beard, really strong, really strong. And, and Alex Spinks reckons that uh, he's only about five foot three. Really, there was a lot of short. Um, height related sledging in between him and Wood and uh Kane Williamson. But as we know, Chris, it doesn't hurt to be a shorter man no. or a shorter person no. with the bat in hand. No, no, no. Um see R. T. Ponting. R. T. R. T. Ponting,
1: Donald Bradman was not a uh was not a tall man. David Warner's not a particularly tall man. Not a tall man. Michael Slater's not but, a particularly um, tall man. Michael Clark's not a particularly tall man. I will tell you what I don't understand,
0: but I, I mean, look, I was just saying that I didn't understand why you opened with De home. Mm. To be fair, eight overs, none for twenty-nine. Yeah. Right? That's a pretty solid performance. That's keeping it real tight. I mean, going for three point six in an ODI against Australia when you open the bowling is pretty bloody impressive. Yep. Um, but no wickets. Well, nice. no wickets. Look, and this is and look, this is, Ferguson. This is my this mate, is my thinking, like, Pat. This is what I think. this is
1: where I think New Zealand are going wrong. Are you familiar with Edward Debono's six thinking hats? I am familiar with Edward De Bono's Six Thinking six, Hats, but please explain them to the hats. audience. Now, are you aware, Pat, are you aware that the New Zealand team, their nickname is the Black Caps?
0: Oh, Obviously, Chris. What am I to you? Right. Come on. Right. Keep going.
1: Now, are you aware with Edward De Bono's Six Thinking Hats or Six Thinking Caps that the Black Cap is representative of the negative emotion? The negative emotion. Huh. Okay, where are you well, going? Well, I'm just with saying. This? You know, it's it's only logical. If he's stuck out there in the field all day with a black cap on, he's going to be thinking negatively. <laughs> of course. Are you talking
0: about Kane? Are you talking about De Well, yet? all of them.
1: You know, the whole team. I mean, and you, I mean, you've only got to listen to Sticks' effort last week, where he was fairly pessimistic. Um, it just seems to be permeating. Through the New Zealand team at the moment, whereas Pat, whereas the uh-huh. yellow or gold uh, cap, um, do you know uh-huh. what the motion that is in the Edward de Bono six? Uh, cap?
0: hope, joy, positivity, success.
1: Pat, positivity. Ah, oh, well, positivity. Well, and do you know, well. Pat? Do you know, Pat, what the green cap is? Uh choking. No, no. Uh, how, I don't know. Well, maybe in your household, I was trying to make a South African joke. Sure, but sure. Know, no, it. it's it's creativity. It's creativity. Okay. So okay. what I'm saying uh, there, Pat, is um, maybe um, rather than black caps, New Zealand might try say a floppy yellow, a floppy <laughs> yellow, or they might try wearing a baggy green cap and just see, just see what changes. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. But I don't know. I think.
0: I've speak for. I've never done this before, but I think I speak for the entire of New Zealand when I say uh, they would rather jump off several bridges, um, many, many, many high places. But again, Pat, than, uh, whack.
1: that's an example of negative thinking. <laughs> oh,
5: yeah, okay. Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Let's go back to stick. Also, there were three brilliant catches. Guptill, having dropped a couple of tough ones, called a stunner where he was pretty much blinded from the ball coming off the bat. A great caught and bowled from Neesham to get rid of the dangerous, sometimes, Glenn Maxwell. And I guess I should probably mention that little Stephen Smith taking the catch off Latham. It was coming hard and fast and the ball sticking in his hand, as if he had some double-sided tape stuck to his palm. <laughs> oh, oh, oh,
0: oh. Hold up, Wood. Hold up. Oh my! One correspondent's getting us with sandpaper. Yeah. But next correspondent's getting us with double-sided tape.
1: Absolutely, yeah, I tell amazing. you what. And you Can you know what? I say it's though? It's turning into an episode of Artist attack, Pat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> next thing we know, it's going to be bloody old mate Bob with his big afro teaching us how to paint a landscape. It's gonna be a nightmare. It's, it's, it's between this um,
1: between the sticky tape and the sandpaper yeah and the British ac- Tom's <laughs> British accent and, and uh, yep. uh brunette hair, it is a literal art attack. We are being attacked it's by art attack and crafts. They are being attacked
0: by art. And I personally feel threatened. Um what catches though,
1: buddy? Oh, what catches? What, what absolute catches? Absolute hey, look, I don't care. Maybe he does have double-sided sticky tape on his hands. You still got to get there. Um, you know who dropped three catches? Who? Martin Guptal. <laughs> dropped three of them. Um,
0: and one of those was pretty regulation. Yeah. The other two were pretty tough. Yeah, but one of them was regulation. I will give him credit for the one he hung oh, on yes. to though, mate. That was an absolute hanger. Peach. Um, it was one of the great catches. So, so credit to him there
5: um let's hear some more from wood and hopefully there's no more art attack i know he's a good batsman but man smith was funnier than usual at the crease in this game was he more nervous than usual fidgeting all over the place pointing his bat no run no run no no imagine him in the bedroom farting around shuffling about twitching this flicking that no 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 all right geez calm down you sausage I think the reason we lost was something I alluded to in the build up. I'm trying to imagine a team with McCullum at the helm that finishes with 172 dot balls from 262 balls faced. I think we were scared. We saw a fairly moderate target and so took our time, and then suddenly we were requiring seven to eight runs and over and were like, shit, when did that happen? And so suddenly had to take risks. Then it was all over. Looked so easy for Australia. Munro scored zero. I mean, he wasn't playing. Finally, Henry Nicholls replaced him, but he still scored zero, didn't he? What you'd expect, doofus. (laughs) Cast your mind back to the 2015 World Cup. New Zealand beat Australia in the pool game and then, as we know, lost to them in the final. Maybe it's time for a bit of role reversal. New Zealand loses to Australia in the round robin. Come finals time, we get our payback. That's only fair, right? Next, we have England. If we win, it would be another upset. Henry will probably be back in for Sodi due to the nature of the pitch. We're not in the semis yet, but are very close. Our net run rate is healthy, which is what could save us in the end. Basically, for us to be out of the tournament, it would require New Zealand to lose to England and Pakistan to beat Bangladesh, both by margins of well over 100 runs. It's about now that England are scheduled to choke, right?
1: Hmm...
0: Well wow. mm. Well Ominous stuff there From Wood And an Excellent Excellent tape um, Thank you Mike yep. For some great work there. Yep. Um Do you think His allusions To the last World Cup And a bit of a role reversal There Chris Are a possibility
1: Look Pat I mean I gotta tell you um, um, Between The bedroom chat And the role reversal <laughs> It was pretty saucy From Stick there Pretty saucy um,
0: it was very saucy stuff from the Stoke. I, I will agree yeah
1: it was um, look he
0: makes a good point about Stephen the bedroom though that could be uh that could be terrifying d-
1: well I hope not I don't think so I don't want to talk about it um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's really fair that's really fair it's a great
1: point <laughs> um, uh, look, uh, look look I, I don't I mean it's gonna be a great game isn't it let's 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 put yeah, that out cool there cool. Um it's up until this point, well, really up until the last week, uh, when before New Zealand played Pakistan, um, shout out Baba Azam, by the way. Um, oh, yeah,
0: he listens to the pod, I think, Chris, because I was sledging him in the last episode saying if you get 90s, mate, you're not going to win, you're not going to win World Cups. Comes out, shows me, gets a big old dirty fat big one, old dirty so fat one. credit to him.
1: Shout, shout out to Baba Azam. Um, um, he's now my favorite Baba, by the way. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so he's, he's replaced the elephant old, big time. Um, <laughs> uh, much much better to watch New Zealand up until that game and um, and really in the first innings against Australia showed why they've been I think the form team of the tournament uh, I know um, I know Messer Wood uh, Mister Wood uh, disagrees with me on that uh, another example of his black cap thinking but um, uh, I I think um, it's going to be an absolute belter of a game and and both teams really need to perform here because um, uh, you know aside from the fact that. You know, really awaiting them is is either a game against most likely against either India or or Australia. They really want to make sure that they're in some form. So I don't think we're going to see any uh, Donny style tactics here of just batting for time. Um, I think we're going to see two top class teams go at each other, and uh, yeah. you know, it could be the match of the tournament. I I, I think I, I think there's an early well. prediction uh, there for me. I personally can't wait to see Trent Bolt Paul again. I love that guy. He's uh, he's awesome. Um, Mate, Spinksy said
0: it last week that he's one of the most underrated bowlers in oh, the world cricket, and I have to agree. Yep. He was extraordinary. For sure, um, he was wonderful. I mean, getting it's his it's his second hat trick, I believe. Um, first of the World Cup, and you know, like. He can really hoop it, mate. Yep. They were they were beautiful deliveries. Yeah, great great call from there. And look, there. we've got to be we've got to be pleased with Australia's batting too, Chris. Um because your mate Usman uh stood up there and got an eighty-eight. Mm. And even though we fell apart both at the top and in the middle, we still managed to post a score. We also need to talk about the extremely good batting form of How Alex Carey. Um, and just how good that bloke is right now. So I guess two points, Bardo. How stoked were you to see Usman's form, um, and just general overall thoughts and Alex? Yeah,
1: well, like, mate. As you know, I have um, I've bought big in Usman Corp. Um, you and have the, you have your number one stock. I'm holder, the number one shareholder. Uh, and uh, look, the uh, it's been a volatile market. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's been up, it's been down. It's uh, First of all, people said that he couldn't <coughs> play against spin and then he brought out that reverse sweep and he was reverse sweeping everybody. Uh, and then um, he was so good against India and so good against Pakistan and then they popped him down the order to accommodate David Warner and fair enough, David Warner's playing pretty well. Um, but um, I-, I think that uh, that change has uh, not been ideal um, for him. I think it sort of flirted with form a bit perhaps. But it was great. I mean, it was it was a it was a great innings. But not and look, such an interesting World Cup for me, because um, you know it's so much of the innings that we of the of so many of the innings we talked about. Um, you know, particularly you know we talked about Penn Stokes earlier, scoring at almost a strike you know strike rate of almost two hundred. Um, you know, we've been talking about um, uh, you know scores potentially of four hundred plus, which hasn't happened yet, by the way. Um, no way, nowhere near. You, People have been lucky to get over three. You know, we've been talking about speed and all that sort of stuff, but the most important innings of this game was scored at comparative snails pace. Um, you know, Wiseman's eighty nine of, of um, you know, at a strike rate of sixty eight point two one, was as 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 important an in innings as any that any Australian has played at this uh, throughout the uh, the juncture of the World Cup at the moment. Because if he throws his wicket away, then uh, uh, that game is, is lost, really. Um, we do have to talk about Alex Carey. And, and I know we've, we've um, briefly touched on, on Matty Wade. And I think we, we won't get enough time to talk about the uh, the Australia a Tour. But um, I tell you what, interesting times for that wicket-keeping position. Um, there's a bit of a logjam, uh, I think. Uh, obviously, Tim Payne being the uh, current test captain and, and incumbent test keeper. But uh, our current uh, one-day vice-captain in Alex Carey, uh, I think, is really showing his value. Um, we had question marks over him, Pat, earlier in the, uh, earlier in the uh, tournament and, and prior to the tournament starting, but well and truly proved us wrong. Uh, I think, you know, he's he's batted terrifically well. He's actually made it look easy, mm. This Out of all of the absolutely. batsmen,
0: he's really made it look easy. Like, the way that he's been able to come to the crease and strike the ball to the boundary from ball one, regardless of conditions, has been extraordinary. Um, another runner-ball 70-odd, you know, he's hitting him at 98. You know, I'm not sure if he's... If you've got the stats in front of you, Chris, you might be able to tell me where he is on the, um, the run-scoring list, but I imagine he's right up there. And for a bloke who's coming in at 7, behind Stoinis, Maxwell and Smith,
1: it's a pretty extraordinary effort. Yeah, look, and he's had to carry a lot of the weight too because we haven't really got that number 6 position right, I don't think... Um, yeah,
0: Stoin and Maxwell haven't looked great. No, uh, Matt... Maxwell's last two dismissals have been really bad, Chris. You know, it's been the kind of Maxwell stuff which makes you want to throw yourself off a small balcony. It's been diabolical. Yeah, um, well, I
1: mean, I, look, I think I think a lot of the Maxwell stuff is kind of circumstantial. I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, he's expected to accelerate so quickly. Yeah. Um, so I'm I prepared to give Maxwell a pass. Um, so Stoinis, it was good to see him bowl. I felt he he bowled a, a little bit better um, in this match against New Zealand, um, which is which mm. is good. He's batting. Um, he definitely didn't bowl worse. Uh, okay, well, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I guess he I, he hasn't been on fire. Hasn't set the world on fire at this World Cup. No, early. I'd agree with that. Yeah, and, you know, you and I have both been big reps for him in the past. Um, so, hopefully, it sort of it sort of turns around. But, it, I mean, it's tough going. Again, he, he's in an awkward position as well, I think, when he comes in because, you know, it's not easy times to, to be a medium pacer and also to, to come in at really fourth or fifth change. And then to come in at six, um, you know, be expected again to accelerate from, from nothing. Um, one thing I would, uh, again, I could be pulling this out of the air, but I feel as though Australia's lost... Wickets in um, kind of awkward Clums. times throughout the innings, mm. and so yeah, there's been times where we've had you know um, really good partnerships and batsmen set, and then we'll lose one or two wickets quite quickly, and then all of a sudden there's um, you know our our you know the guys like Maxwell and and um, and Stoinis and and the like are effectively you know out there starting from, from scratch again. Um, mm. So I, I think that's one Which that's one point tough. to make.
0: Um, Can
1: I throw in here about Alex Carey?
0: Mm. Um, Eight matches, 244 runs, high of 71, and an average of 61. Guess who he is above, directly above, on the table?
1: Uh, Virat Kohli?
0: (laughs) Ah, Joss Butler. Ah. He's a one above Joss Butler. So Joss Butler, eight matches, um, seven innings, 242 runs, so just two less. High score of 103, but he's only averaging 34. Mm. So Carey's been coming in and it's consistently making um, pretty good scores, which is which is really wonderful to yep. see. Um, we've got to keep moving, Chris, because we're running quickly out of time here. But the last thing I wanted to throw out was um, the uh, excellent bowling performance that we had. And again, the combination of Stark and Berendorf at the top mm. with Paddy Cummins supporting the two of them was excellent. Yep. Uh, think about economy rates here. So our opening three bowlers... The Dwarf Star Cummins Lion, their economy rates were 3.4, 2.6, 2.3, 3.6, right? Everyone kept that below four. Which is extraordinary. Um, Starkey, obviously the standout with five for twenty-six, absolutely tore apart the Kiwis, and he's sitting on top of the wicket takers list at the moment, um, and he fully deserves yep. that. Starkey has been so great in this. Yeah, look, fair, um, fair eight matches, he's been unbelievable. Twenty-four wickets, um, as you know, Pat. At um, fifteen, I, I,
1: I was a little bit. I've been a little bit unsure of Starkey, really, he, um, for You've the majority been of this. Very unsure, Chris. Majority of the summer, and then moving obviously into the uh, into the World Cup, and I wasn't sure about. Uh, about where he was at uh, with his performances but he's shut me up well and truly Um, uh, you know he's been outstanding he's been excellent Uh, mate. been absolutely superb Um, 5 for 26 was unbelievable I believe that's actually the best bowling performance of the tournament so far um yep it is. And uh and so that's absolutely superb. Um obviously the two left armers at the top there we found something magical and isn't nice to see but Jason Berendorf doing so well um after such a torrid time mm. with injury. Um another guy that's had a lot of torrid time with injury pat Cummins but we know what he's all about. Nathan Lyon, the goat getting a wicket. I think I look at it. and I mean he's he's you know he's looking really good. Um Interesting that um I think interesting that you know leading again leading into the World Cup throughout the, that India and Pakistan series Zampa was so critical and bowled so well yeah. um and uh, just different conditions um you know it's, it's been lion it. lions uh, uh, show really in the last two games absolutely superb my favourite thing though Pat yeah. was a wicket to one S P D Smith yeah I thought you'd be talking about that oh it was amazing. Wasn't it great? That that's a guy. Really, really first of all, that's a guy that needs to bowl more often. I love it when he bowls. It's actually not bad. Um, and of course, we forget that he was initially picked as a leg spinner. And uh, I also love the fact that uh, that Aaron Finch is rolling his arm over. So all of a sudden, you've got yeah. Berendorf, Stark, Cummins, Lyon, Smith, Finch, Stoinis... And Maxwell, that's eight bowling options, if I'm not mistaken. So there's a lot of things and, and a lot of different combinations that we can use to uh, to disrupt mm. uh, to disrupt the uh, the opposition batsmen, which I really really like.
0: Um, I love that too, Chris. And mate, we've sadly got to call it. Um, basically there, otherwise we're going to go on for for far too long. Our next game is 6th of July um, against South Africa. We'll be back after this um, round robin round is completed, and we can, I think we can still pretty safely expect Australia to, to take the Sappers, unless they really pull one out. I did want to finally mention too, Chris, um, there's currently two games happening. One, um, the Women's Ashes has started. We wanted to get Heidi Cheadle on the pod tonight, but we will get her on the pod next week and uh, have a chat with Hyde and get some information about women's cricket. Um, the Ash, Women's Ashes has started today, um, which is very, very exciting. And also, Australia A are touring around and are absolutely smashing some county sides, um, who I know are a dearth of players due to the World Cup being on, but still, it's been ridiculous. They're currently one for 320 off 36 overs against Gloucestershire. Um, and Matthew Wade has been extraordinary form. Will is currently 125 not out. Trav Head, 130 not out. So um, in the lead up to a big ashes summer, Chris, it's great to see that we've got batsmen in the uk playing well um and could we be so hopeful bardo that we take home that little urn in a couple of months time
1: i tell you what pat it's tugging at my heartstrings like former new zealand prime minister john key weirdly tugging at a school child's hair um (laughs) I love that. Bardo,
0: thanks so much for your time, mate. Thanks for joining me. Great to have you back. Any final thoughts from you before we sign off?
1: No, great to be with you, Pat. Um, This has been an amazing World Cup and uh, uh, long may it continue but not too long cuz I'm getting pretty tired.
0: Thanks so much, buddy. If you
1: haven't yet, folks, make
0: sure you like, rate, review the podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, get your phone out, tap that five-star button, make it happen. We will be back just before the next round begins. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. All the best. God bless you.